you choose your life and your lifestyle and your level of fitness or non-fitness and be completely honest and accepting of what your reality is instead of complaining that you know you're not where you're where you should be or want to be because of any anyone everything else amen except to that. For yourself amen to you know that. let's just stick with that all right yeah, let's just stick let's to just that. blame ourselves for not doing shit and celebrate ourselves for doing everything in our power Welcome back, Transcend people. Thank you for joining us once again with another episode at the tail end of 2020. I am sitting here with my good friend, Vaughn. What's up, guys? How you doing? And we have a pretty interesting one for you today. Uh, oftentimes, we talk about a lot of positive things, everything mind and body, and the journey we're on, and how we're progressing every day, every week. Um, today, we decided to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. And talk a little bit about the opposite side of the fitness world and the bodybuilding world and kind of the dark side, if you will. So the first thing that usually comes to mind for me and a lot of people regarding the fitness dark side is the performance enhancing drugs and how they're used in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and they, they really are. I mean, there's, there's, it, it just seems that every gym you go to, you, you know, several people who have just, um, you know, cycled, uh, steroids, um, and didn't do it correctly. And now they're kind of suffering the, the consequences of that. Yeah. I've met a lot of people who are just kind of dipping their toes in as they say, and just trying something out. Um, without really any research or proper guidance um, and for the wrong reasons, you know. Um, and that's kind of dangerous. They, they kind of downplay it and it sounds something light, but it's really, when you look at particular individuals and their stories and the con consequences of doing that, um, it's nothing to take lightly, you know. No, it's really not. And, you know, um, we're, again, the, the point of this podcast isn't really to um, rag against people who are using performance enhancing drugs for, you know, their, their sport or their career. That's different. Like if you're a professional bodybuilder, pretty much the only way you're really going to get ahead is if you're on steroids. And, you know, that's just kind of an unfortunate fact of the industry, unless you want to compete in an all natural division. But yeah. you know, those guys aren't the guys who are making money. Those guys are yeah. the guys at the Olympia, right? It's true. So, um, you know, there, there is that, yeah, and but but you know, th there are a lot of people who, who take them for for what what we would probably call superficial reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, um, and like you said, there are a lot of guys out there who who do make their living in winning or competing and placing high in professional shows, whether it be bodybuilding or other types of of uh, fitness, you know, sport. Um, but yeah, we will kind of want to zone in on what we think are crucial requirements of actually doing this. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of a conditional checklist, if you will. Um, so first of all, like, like Vaughn said, if you're doing this for your sport, uh, your career, and it's 
obviously nothing superficial. This is your life. Then that makes a lot of sense, you know, because like you said, you can't get too far in a non-natural sport if you're natural. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. You will kind of be the underdog. <laughs> yeah. Um, and bodybuilding, for example, is one of the very few sports where you actually have to do it to succeed versus baseball, football, basketball, where you, you do it, you get kicked out That's <laughs> or you true. get fined or you get suspended. Um, especially the UFC, they really don't oh, accept well, that. Yeah. Well, they're, they're beating the shit out of each other. So <laughs> you get a guy on gear, he'll be ripping someone's fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. So that's first and foremost is it's gotta be a serious part of your life to actually be doing this. And again, this is all personal opinion. So keep that in mind as we kind of talk these out. Um, another way that you can, you know, justify taking steroids or perform performance enhancing drugs is, um, you got to know that's going to require much more intense effort and commitment, not less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to speak off of that, I, I feel like there is this misperception that getting on gear, taking steroids or some other performance enhancing drug is going to do the work for you. Like you, 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 you get this magical syringe, stick it in your ass, and then you're you're all of a sudden jacked. The fucking jacked fairy comes through your window at night and poof, you wake up, look at yourself in the mirror the next morning and you look like fucking Ronnie Coleman. No, that's not how it works. I mean, when you get on that shit, you know, you got to work for it. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, you got to work. You got to really really work i mean you're essentially putting a substance in your body that is making you capable of more so in order to get the effects of that you gotta do more for the benefit yeah Mm -hmm. and i don't know what there's more of um short cutters out there young kids who have misconceptions which Mm -hmm. we're going to get into more misconceptions later (laughs) i'm going to get all the girls (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's, it's very enticing and, and uh, you know, a lot of these young kids, they, they have that misconception that they're just going to transform by just jumping onto some gear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what there's more of those people or actual athletes who do need it to succeed. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate yeah. that there, that's even a question of which one there's more of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, if someone comes up to me and asks me whether they whether I think they should do it or not, I'm going to tell them you should absolutely be as far as you can possibly reach on a natural uh, kind of status. Yeah. And that includes the three pillars in all three pillars of uh, fitness, which is, you know, training, your diet and your rest and recovery. You've mastered those Mm-hmm. on natural level first yeah and you know um and again it can kind of be tricky with that right because it's hard to know when you've truly plateaued right i mean some people think that they can't make any more gains naturally right they can't get any better naturally but that's actually usually not the case it's like mm-hmm. it usually just requires that you um you change up your regimen yeah or yeah 
or work harder or do something different. Um, our body, our body grows when we stimulate it in a way that it hasn't been stimulated before. Right. right. Um, and you know that, that in order to keep growing, you have to keep upping the intensity of the workouts, yeah. right? You have to, or you, or you change it up and do things that, you know, you, you haven't done before you hit muscles differently, stimulate them in different ways. And that'll also cause growth. But, um, you know, so, so it's, it's difficult to know, like if you've actually plateaued and, you know, I, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's kind of hard to say if you've, if you've actually plateaued. Right. And, and usually I think the, the real answer is just fucking work harder. Um, I think most people who say that, Oh, I, I can't make any gains just aren't working hard enough for them. Um, but that being said, I think that, um, there is a point that you can get where, yeah, like Casey said, you, you're mastering your craft. Right. And I think once you're a master of your craft, like, you know, and I, I, I personally think that you should know how every fucking muscle works in your body. You should know exactly what you're eating does to you, right? Like what you're putting in your body is doing at like, you know, a cellular fucking level. Um, and you know, once you really master that, once you know the science behind it, then I think it, you know, again, like, um, there's a lot of research that goes into, you know, getting on the performance enhancing drugs himself and, and how, you know, you need to kind of incorporate those into your existing regimen. Right. So it's about knowing more than it is about being just like your, your body not being capable of anymore. Right. right? Yeah. And with that being said, you know, I think it is very difficult to naturally plateau. It takes a lot of work, a lot of effort and time. Um, but I think, a good example of explaining that you're might be naturally plateaued is you are eating as many calories as you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And that being protein, fats and carbs, you got them all balanced, taking in as much as you're supposed to every day. You've got the exercises and the, the workouts down to a T you're mixing them up. You're experimenting, you're improving them all the time and you've got proper rest and recovery. So you've got all three pillars pretty much mastered. And you're still not gaining any size or muscle weight or strength. That's when you can kind of realize that maybe you've been plateaued if, if it's been, you know, a year or two without a whole lot of yeah, improvement. Sure. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm pretty close to that myself yeah. right now. I, I do know that I can be eating more. Like, yeah. that's for sure. I could be eating twice as much as I am to have more growth. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not naturally plateaued. But as far as... Uh, you know, the progress that I've had in the last two years has been almost none because I've been natural, you know, it's been so minuscule and so slow that it kind of almost drives me to want to use steroids for that very reason. Um, now my choice for the time being and for the foreseeable future is to keep it natural. Come to the dark side of Casey. <laughs> but I can't guarantee that that'll always be that way. I may, I may become a lot more serious in my sport of bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. In the future i just don't know yet so i'm not ruling out anything but i do know that you know i've probably naturally plateaued at this point and for a lot of people if they're very serious about this that's the kind of point where you start thinking should i take the next step yeah and that takes us to our next point is uh if you do decide to take that next step and actually get on some 
performance enhancing drugs or steroids. Some gear. Yeah, some the gear. Sauce. <laughs> the sauce. Um, it's really important to do that with the professional guidance of Agreed. someone who is qualified yeah. legally to do that. <laughs> well, kind of legally, right? Well, <laughs> there, there's a lot of ways yeah. to go about it, but yeah, well, using common sense. Yeah, and of you guidance. Know, going off of that, you know, um, obviously, you should know what you're fucking doing too. Don't just take someone else's word for it. Uh, don't go into it being like, oh yeah, uh, my coach is going to tell me exactly what I need to do and exactly what I need to acquire and all of that. And I'll be fine. Now, if you do a performance enhancing drug, don't take someone else's word for it. Use them as guidance. Sure. Absolutely. You need another person. You need an expert in there for guidance, but by all means, you need to know, you need to know what this shit is doing to you. You need to know the effect it's having in your body. You know, that's, uh, it's really, really important, um, thing. I think, um, there are like, I know a lot of people who, uh, get onto performance or who've done performance enhancing drugs and, um, you know, they couldn't tell you the first fucking thing mm -hmm. about what it's actually doing in your body. Right. They couldn't tell you the first fucking thing. And that's scary. It yeah. is scary. I mean, I, I guess, you know, that's, that's kind of how it is with all drugs though. If you think about it, like, like most people take the drug with the perceived effect that the drug is going to have without knowing what the drug is actually doing. Yeah. And with performance enhancing drugs, this shit is dangerous. People have died. Like many people die every year from these. Yeah. So you need to know you really do. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the first step. If you do decide to take this route, you got you got to be really uh, educated and up to date on what this is doing inside your body. Don't be, you know, blindly positive about it mm -hmm. and think it's only benefit, only growth, because that is the fast track to disaster. You know, agreed. And then once you have all that knowledge about it, you get to decide. You get to weigh out the risk versus the reward, and we ask ourselves then. Is it going to be worth it? Is it really going to be worth it? And, you know, for a lot of uh, the guys that we look up to in, in the bodybuilding world, the professionals, um, you know, like Arnold back in the day and, yeah. and some of the, the ones nowadays in the Mr. Olympia, mm -hmm. you know, they are qualified in every matter of the sense. They're doing it all strategically, carefully, and with proper guidance and for the right reasons. And because this is their life. Mm -hmm. And it's worth it, you know? So that's, that's really important. It's got to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, when you get on, a, on, on this stuff, there are going to be some major uh, drawbacks. You know, it's not all fucking lollipops and rainbows and unlimited gains, right? Uh, there are... I mean, what, when, you, when you take steroids, what you're doing is you're essentially carpet bombing your, your system with hormones. Mm. That's what you're doing. You're fucking carpet bombing yourself with hormones. You're, you're tricking your body, right? Yeah, you're tricking your body into, into growing. And, and, you know, hormones don't just, you know, facilitate muscle growth. They have other effects as well. 
um, you know, with testosterone, especially, uh, you know, you, you need to expect the, the effects it's going to have on, on your psyche, your mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you're going to have major, major emotional changes. And, you know, some people are like, yeah, I can handle that. I can handle that. I can totally handle that. And they get on it and they lose their shit and they end up, you know, throwing their wife through the fucking window (laughs) or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I can actually speak firsthand. Uh, You know, I had an ex-girlfriend who suddenly became, or not suddenly, but over time became very, you know, very interested uh, and obsessed with her sport of bodybuilding. She was doing women's physique, which does take a little bit more effort and, uh, you know, than, than a couple other categories like yeah. bikini and yeah. things like that. You know, <laughs> you're building muscle as a woman. That's not, not easy to do. So she was actually, uh, basically encouraged by her coaches to get on these drugs. And she came to me at an early early phase of this, basically asking what I thought about it. And I I told her pretty much exactly what we're talking about now Mm -hmm. is you're going to have not only physical changes and physical growth, you're going to have some emotional and mental, you know, battles Mm -hmm. to go through if you do this. And I'm sorry, but I, I can't support that side of this. I, I will support your, your path of a sport, and I want you to do as, as well as you can, but I know that you're, you're not in a good position to mentally and, and, uh, emotionally deal with this, uh, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's what a lot of people think is when they tell you I can handle it. I'm, I know myself, I'm, mm-hmm. but what this does is it changes yourself. Mm-hmm. It changes you into someone who can't handle it because it changes your emotions. It changes your, your chemistry. Yeah. It does. I mean, there, there actually, there are a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, I guess, but there are recent um, allegations of professional bodybuilders who have um, engaged in, been accused of engaging in uh, domestic violence. Uh, and I think that that's something that sometimes gets overlooked is, is you know, these really awful effects. Um, you know, you, you when you've got, you know, your system carpet bomb testosterone, you're going to naturally be more aggressive. You're going to be more belligerent. You're going to be quick to anger. And that's just, that's a very, very common side effect of, of the, of this drug or, you know, drugs like it. And yeah, so, um, you know, that is something you really, really have to be aware of when you're making the decision of whether or not you want to um, start using performance enhancing drugs, because, you know, if, if you're a, if you, if you're a person who struggles managing their anger as is, Oh yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Just, just don't do it. You might end up in jail. It's and a red flag. Like seriously, that this isn't a joke at all. Like you might, you might end up in jail. You might because, hurt someone. Exactly. Um, because so, it takes you over, like emotionally, yeah. mentally, you become someone that you're not because of this drug, this chemical that's affecting your brain mm-hmm. and the way you act. So, yeah, first of all, if you're if you're like that naturally, stay the fuck away from it. Please. But also, if if you if you try drugs like this 
and early on experience negative side effects that cause you to act or feel differently in a negative way or aggressive, jump off of it. Yeah, get off. So, yeah, pretty straightforward. So we've talked about the steroids, which is conceived to a lot of people that have never really had any connection with fitness or bodybuilding. It's it's negative to a lot of people because they've oh, yeah. seen a lot of the dark side of that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the dark side doesn't stop just at steroids. Let's jump into some uh, misinformation out there about mm-hmm. you know the dark side of, of bodybuilding, the misconceptions you know um, that a lot of people don't really often yeah. think about. You know. Yeah. So I'm sure that a lot of you listening right now like surf Instagram or whatever, and you see all of these ads for these. These uh, these fitness products, you know the the newest pre workout, the newest skinny tea, uh, test boosters, shit like that. Um, and I think that there are a lot of misconceptions around a lot of uh, these fitness products. Uh, first of all, I think that it's really good to be aware of some of the things that they put in in these. Um, you know, if you're I think it's kind of ironic because a lot of the people who get into fitness, I mean, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them are really keen on, you know, healthy, natural, organic eating, stuff like that. But then they essentially pump their bodies full of chemicals before and after a workout. And and so I think that, you know, it, it's good to know about what they put in these products and it's good to kind of inform yourself on what equates to a high quality product yeah and what equates to a low quality product with you know shit ingredients um so there's a lot of that kind of stuff and then there's also things like you know libido uh products testosterone boosters um or so-called testosterone boosters you know like take this pill and naturally boost your testosterone um clinically those are pretty much proven not to work mm-hmm. at all yeah don't fucking waste your time and money buying test boosters yeah they don't fucking work mm-hmm. um so there's there's a lot of misconceptions around that and a lot of money wasted on that yeah um and yeah there's also uh other performance enhancing drugs right uh Right now, there are these things called SARMs that are um, really, really getting big. Uh, they stand for selective androgen receptor molecules, and what they essentially do is, you you take the SARM. It's usually a pill or kind of an um, oral thing, like a, a liquid thing that you kind of put under your tongue, kind of like a syringe, and um, you essentially, uh, when when you take this the the substance goes in and it um it attaches to certain proteins or certain enzymes uh very very specific ones and so it it's not really the same uh thing as you know taking say testosterone where you're carpet bombing your system with steroids um i actually i actually have a personal experience i have used um a sarm in the past uh yk11 what this one specifically is is a myostatin inhibitor for those of you who don't know myostatin is a essentially it's a protein in your body that um, activates to uh, inhibit muscular growth after a certain point Um, and it it serves a very relevant function in your body but essentially what uh, yk11 does is it comes in there and it binds to the myostatin 
protein and shuts it off essentially, uh, which causes your muscles to, the, your muscles essentially don't have the red light. They don't have the stop sign for growth. And so they, they just keep growing, right? Mm. Um, and so it's a really effective way of putting on a lot of muscle size and mass in a really, really short amount of time. Another thing is that because it's a selective androgen receptor molecule, because it's so specific in its, in its selection, um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that these really don't cause, at least this specific SARM doesn't cause a lot of testosterone suppression. I think that there's a little bit because testosterone also acts as a myostatin inhibitor. And so your, your body is naturally not going to produce quite as much, much testosterone when you're on, uh, YK 11 or something of the sort, but it's not going to shut off testosterone production completely as it would if you know you're you're essentially blasting test right um so this is this is um important because you know you do this stuff right and you know most most people who, who do this don't really do the research behind it right and you know that essentially what SARMs are marketed as is these are drugs that have the effects of steroids with none of the bad effects of steroids, <laughs> uh, which is like really lucrative, right? Like people are like, Oh shit. Yeah. And, um, well, YK 11 was actually first developed in a medical laboratory to treat people with, um, muscular dystrophy. And so, uh, so people who needed it for survival in other words. Yeah. yeah. Well, more or less. And, and uh, some uh, business-minded individual came along and was like, hey, I could sell this shit as a fitness product. Um, it's not been evaluated by the FDA. Uh, well, it, it kind of is, but they're cracking down on it. Uh, they do not know the long-term effects of this substance. Mm -hmm. There is not a really substantial research base. When you look up this shit online, most of the information you're going to find about it is coming from chat forums from people who have used it. Um, there's really, it's really hard to find studies, scientific, um, studies that they put out there on, on this stuff and its effects just because they don't exist. Um, and that's, that's kind of how it is with, with a lot of SARMs. Um, I know that there's another SARM. I'm not going to say which one it is because I'm not sure which one I think I forgot, but, uh, they, they were testing on mice and the mice actually developed like advanced cancer. And I think, oh, wow. and, yeah. So, um, and if, if you guys don't know, they, they do these tests, like drug tests on mice, because mice share um, actually startling uh, similarities. Not DNA. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there are some really kind of sketchy things that are going on with these SARMs. And, uh, you know, you, you get on it, and it's like, oh, shit, hell yeah, I'm, I'm lifting more, I'm getting big. And you get off of it, and, um, you know, the effects kind of leave. You know, you're not suppressed per se, like you're not going to get gyno or, you know, man titties from it, you know, from uh, imbalanced estrogen. But, um, you know, you you lose kind of what you got and it, it can be kind of uh, mentally detrimental, right? Because um, essentially the drugs that you're taking aren't going to have an effect on you when they're not in your body. Right. right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't 
keep taking this stuff. You can't cruise on this stuff. Uh, high amounts are linked to higher levels of suppression, actually. And um, also, high amounts of this stuff have been linked to liver toxicity. And mm -hmm. so there are some... Um, there are some other kind of adverse side effects that people should be aware of potential side effects, right? Because they don't know much. So it's, it's, it's just kind of like, uh, kind of like blindfolding yourself and walking off a cliff. In my opinion, yeah. you don't, you have no fucking clue. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, and it's important you're talking about SARM specifically on a deep levels because there's a lot of popularity yeah. with it. It's a brand new, uh, thing. That's just picking up. It's like Bitcoin, kind of. <laughs> the Bitcoin of fitness. Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. SARMs is becoming this incredibly uh, unknown but incredibly popular yeah. uh, product, basically, mm -hmm. um, drug that a lot of people need to know about mm -hmm. before they jump. And that's the, the scary thing is they're just jumping into it without the knowledge. So hopefully this will reach a few of you out there who are considering jumping on SARMs because you think it's less risky than steroids or you think it's a, a good first step or whatever. Again, before doing anything, you're going to make your own decisions. But please just have as much education as you can have on yeah. any given drug. And so Vaughn's giving you that for free right here. Yeah. Um, and, and again... My education is also pretty limited on this stuff, as is everybody's, because nobody really fucking knows what these substances are doing. People just uh, recognize the, the beneficial effects and decided to market them to make mm -hmm. some cash before the FDA cracked down on them. And actually, the FDA has been cracking down on SARMs. Ah. A lot of uh, SARM distributors online have been completely shut down by the government. And so... Uh, uh, yeah. The, so that's a red flag right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this stuff is kind of sketchy. And, um, you know, coming from someone who's taken it, yeah, it's it's great when you're on it, right? You, you feel strong. You get big. I mean, yeah, the shit works. But, um, you know, coming off, you lose it. You lose it. And, you you know, it's you don't have the same effects of suppression per se, but... Um, you 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 kind of revert back to back to where you were before before you got on and you know there's it's not permanent it's kind yeah. of like an illusion as with any drug right yeah even even the hardest steroids that you know you take for even years as soon as you kind of come off of those permanently you in one sense deflate yeah you kind deflate. of <laughs> I mean, if you think about a lot of the retired most famous bodybuilders out there like uh you know, Ronnie Coleman, mm -hmm. for example, he, I was telling you, he, he probably lost 100 pounds since retiring from bodybuilding. He was over 300 pounds on stage for some of his career. Yeah. And now he's probably around 100 pounds less than that because he's officially off of all the steroids. Yeah. And that's just what to expect, you know, whether it's SARMs, steroids or other other drugs. Um, they're... You only keep the high-level gains as long as the drugs last. That's true. In other words, mm -hmm. um, I think it's a little bit different with with natural building, you know, natural bodybuilding. Yeah, I agree. Um, and whether that be muscle size or performance, you know, you kind of have your level of achievement based on what you put and keep in your body and what leaves your body. So um, 
what I've seen and what I've found is people that build entirely naturally, whether that be size, muscle size, or performance, you know, they kind of keep that long term. It's kind of a more permanent, uh, lasting they do. thing. Yeah, they they definitely do. I mean, look at Mike O'Hearn, for example. Um, I guess self-claimed uh, a completely natural bodybuilder who won the Mr. Universe title. Yeah. I mean, incredible physique. I think there's a natural Mr. Universe yeah. and a Mr. Universe. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. But I, yeah. Either way, the guy... The guy I mean, there's a lot of controversy around him, but he claims to be completely natural. And I kind of believe him because I've seen pictures of the dude at age 14. He was already 200 pounds and ripped. Yeah. I mean, he's got some crazy genetics, but uh, this guy did it naturally. He he has one of the best physiques in the industry. He's I think he's like 50 or 51 years old now. Mm-hmm. And um, he looks like better than anyone yeah. else out there. I mean, that's that's natural. It's, so, it's it's true. I mean, so I, there is something to be said from taking the natural rep. Yeah, it's going to be longer. It's going to be harder. Mm-hmm. You're, God, and it's going to be frustrating, especially if you're if you're around people who who are you know kind of taking the the shortcut. But uh, right. I think it's worth it in the long run. I mean, when you're 50 years old and they're looking like deflated nut sacks, and mm-hmm. you know you're still got your six pack and shit. I mean. I think that <laughs> I think that you'll be grateful for your for your decision. Yeah, yeah. We're not trying to vouch for natural or, or you know um, supplemented. That's right. Routes, yeah. but we can tell you um, what's kind of worked for us and what we would recommend if and only if you're going to follow that that list of right. uh, of conditions. You know. Yeah. Um, I think in that case, it's it's probably better. For you you're gonna have more success to go a non-natural route because you just can't reach those levels naturally um but everyone else you know i think it's it's much better to be natural mm-hmm. and to stay that way yeah especially if you're not planning on making a career of bodybuilding right and most people aren't right let's be real i mean most people are not going to make a career out of bodybuilding yeah there's a select few who actually do it and do it successfully yeah. So, like, you know, even if you're considering competing, you know, evaluate it. Evaluate it long and hard before yeah. you make that decision. Another misconception that comes to mind uh, when we talk about natural or non-natural is yeah. uh, what I hear a lot. Two words. Unrealistic body. And what kind of drives me crazy about that, when I hear people say that about natural athletes or physiques, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, uh, an excuse or a, a tap out of even trying for some people that say that, you yeah. know, and I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because in my mind, there's no such thing as unrealistic body standards. Mm-hmm. If anyone else in the world has achieved it, <laughs> yeah. then it's realistic. And that means you can too. Now, whether you choose to or not, that's a different story. I agree. I mean, <laughs> this, this might this might sound kind of tough to some of y'all, but if you go into the gym, social media, and you see these people who just look incredible, way better than you do, <laughs> um, and you think to yourself, "Oh man, I'll never look like that. 
Well, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, you know, if you see if you see somebody in the gym who's just like insanely ripped, you know, got like perfect physique, and, and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> that's unrealistic. And chances are, you're just not working as hard as they are. And yeah. you, if if you apply yourself in the way that they are applying themselves. You can get to their level. Now, you might not look exactly like them because everybody's physique is different based on genetics. Mm-hmm. But you, at your best, I assure you, will be, you know, comparable to that person at their best, what you're seeing. And so, so don't get so goddamn discouraged and instead use it as motivation to, to fucking work harder. Right. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of uh, you know magazine covers or or um, I don't know YouTube channels or or Facebook pages being you know taking down content of you know a physique a, a nice physique on the cover of a magazine for example because people were complaining that it's unrealistic. <laughs> There's one magazine I. I'm thinking of right now. I can't remember the name. Oh, that's ridiculous. But literally, they uh, decided they opted to change the cover of the magazine because they had a very fit, attractive woman on the cover, and they had people complaining that that was unrealistic. Hmm. And it was not unrealistic whatsoever. I mean, she probably was an average gym goer. You know, probably works out a few times a week and maintains a relatively you know, healthy diet. Yeah. But it was nowhere close to unrealistic. I mean, to me, there's no such thing, especially when it's actually pretty dang achievable. You know, I agree. People, people are always like, Oh, I'm so genetically disadvantaged. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) no, I, I, I actually think that the people who are like truly genetically disadvantaged, who have the disorders, right. They're very few and far between. And there are ways to kind of adjust what you're doing as part of your fitness regimen that's going to give you the best results regardless. And, you know, the same thing doesn't work for everybody. And you just have to realize that is like, you know, if you're following some set, you know, program or something and it's not working for you, but it's working for somebody else, it's not because they, you know, have achieved some unrealistic standard. It's it's because it's just not meant for for you or for what your body you know what works best for your body yeah yeah that's another thing is like man it kind of pisses me off like i you know i go there's always those people in the gym there's always those fucking people who are like oh damn like why can't i look like that or you know like yeah dude i god i'm just trying but i just i just can't i just can't get there you know yeah i'm just i'm just trying so hard and then and then you see them you watch them work out and they come into the fucking gym they text you know, half the time they, they text half the time you know they might be gabbing for 10 15 minutes in between their sets maybe yeah. they they come in there they do like Three compound exercises, maybe like walk on the treadmill for fucking five minutes and then fucking leave. Are you, are you fucking telling me that, that that's your, that that's you working hard right there? Like, no, you're being, you're being fucking lazy. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but like 
You're being fucking lazy. If you want to look like those those top elite athletes, you got to train like a top elite athlete, yeah. you know? I don't even want to get started on people that don't go to the gym at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or God. just eat, eat like shit all the time and treat their body like a, a trash can, you know? I mean, yeah. You're, you're talking about the, you're talking about someone relatively working yeah, yeah. versus the average society, the average member of mm-hmm. society who doesn't ever go to the gym. That's true. Or ever eat healthy or those, benefit their body at those all. Those people truly. Like, oh God. Um, yeah. Our podcast isn't for those people. No. Unless you've realized that you need to make a change and actually strive to improve your your body and your mind. You know, the funny thing is, is that those people who you're talking about are probably the same people who are complaining about that magazine cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay. Sorry, Stacy. You sit on your fucking fat ass all day <laughs> eating fucking donuts and chocolate. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on. Let's, let's leave it at, okay, you choose your life and your lifestyle and your level of fitness or non-fitness. And be completely honest and accepting of what your reality is. Instead of complaining that, you know, you're not where you're where you should be or want to be because of any anyone, everything else Amen except to that. for yourself. Amen to that. You know, that. let's just stick with that. All right. Yeah, let's just stick let's to just that. Let's just blame ourselves for not doing shit and celebrate ourselves for doing everything in our power. That's right. I agree. And, you know, we, we've talked about the side of um, not doing enough, right? Obviously, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of not doing enough and feeling entitled to things that you haven't earned. Um, but there's also another kind of side to this, the opposite side of the spectrum, mm. where people go into the gym and they're fucking overdoing it. Oh, yeah. To a point that is just detrimental, like horribly detrimental. There's a spectrum and moderation to everything, right? Mm-hmm. And training, the fitness as a whole, is included in that, you know. Um, you got to find the balance that's that just equates to overall growth and improvement consistently mm-hmm. for long periods of time. And I think what you're alluding to is if, if you train too hard or you take diet and nutrition too extreme to an extreme that's just not manageable or sustainable. I mean, these things can actually put you backwards as well, right? That's as, right. It could be just as, uh, as consequential as the other side of the coin of not doing enough. Yeah, that's right. And actually I can kind of personally attest to this. Um, you know, there was, there was a time where I was like really obsessed with getting into the gym every single day. I felt like I wasn't working hard enough unless I was in the gym seven days a week and I would, I would go to the gym seven days a week. I would work on muscle groups when they were sore Mm. and I was not seeing any growth. I wasn't seeing any progress. I was kind of staying in this state of, of limbo and kind of plateaued if you say, Mm. and not only that, but each week as each week went by, the strain would kind of build. It would mm. build and build, right? And strain eventually, and pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All pain, no fucking gain, right? <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I started experiencing really bad cases of tendonitis. I started experiencing a lot more pulled muscles. 
Um, and you know, I wasn't giving my body the adequate amount of time to recover. Mm. That's really important. Just as important, maybe even more important than training is the recovery aspect. When you're in the gym, you're breaking your muscles down. You're not building your muscles when you're in the gym. When you work out, your muscles are literally breaking down. And in the, in the state of recovery is when your muscles are actually doing the growth. So, so you, taking that time off is, is really necessary. And I, I see a lot of people in the gym who just don't take enough time off to really see the progress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they think they're going in there and being super productive, right? I'm going to hit three leg days a week. I'm going to squat three times a week. Yeah. That's stupid. You're, you're, if you squat once a week, you're going to see way more progress in a short amount of time than if you are like literally squatting, you know, every other day. Right. Um, and you know, I know people like that, you know, people who are power lifters, especially, but you know, they, they go in there and they end up injuring themselves yeah. or they never, they never see their numbers increase because they are overtraining. Yeah. It's a really big problem. It's kind of like saying, I'm going to sleep three hours tonight so I can get way more done. Yeah. It <laughs> work three hours every night so I can just yeah, get pretty much. Yeah. way more done. Well, what happens at the end of that few days of doing that? I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. You probably fall into a coma or something. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Eventually, but eventually you're just going to be so tired that you can't get anything that, that done. You, that you are so wiped out that you just, you take two weeks off of everything because yeah. it just took you the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And this brings us back to, if you hadn't heard our episode on three pillars, you can't stand, if you're a tripod, on two legs. Or yeah. one leg. And you, you were basically working off two legs or one leg of the tripod, right? I was. I was, yeah. And when you try and do that, you fall over. That's and right. You, you, just, you have to keep all three pillars in mind. Again, that's exercise, diet, and rest and recovery. And so when any of the three of those are missing, you're not going forward. You're either staying stagnant in place or you're falling backwards. You're mm-hmm. actually losing ground. So... Uh, if you haven't heard that yet, go back to our uh, podcast episodes and pick that one out and give it a listen. I think you can take a lot from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's also kind of the aspect of, of overdoing your diet or your nutrition. Um, a lot of people, you know, eat like way too much to try to gain weight, right? Uh, you know, ultimately, if you're if you're if you're doing a bulk, you should be about 500 calorie surplus um you shouldn't be you know eating so much that you're just uh putting a strain on your digestive tract mm-hmm. um your stomach there's a certain point where the amount of food you put in your stomach isn't able to process it correctly and so it's not doing so it's just pure waste it's yeah it's it's not doing you many benefits so yeah. there's that and then some people you know obviously you know there's there's the <laughs> The epidemic of anorexia kind of, yeah. you know, like other kinds of eating disorders associated with poor body image. And, um, of course, that's that's been an issue for forever. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, the, uh, the the negative effects of obesity. Yeah. And a lot about the body positive movement and the things that we disagree with in that movement mm-hmm. that are just, you know, unhealthy. But it's not just obesity. It's it's. Uh, anorexia as well and not eating enough that's right you know you have to give your body what it needs to survive every day and you have to find that balance 
and maintain that every single day. That's right. And I think, you know, bikini uh, competitors, for example, they, they really starve the hell out of themselves. I can't tell you how many Facebook posts of bikini competitor journeys that I've seen where they, they're putting a picture of competition day when they weighed 80 pounds on stage. And then they put one next to it saying, look how far I've come. And she weighs 130 pounds and she's way happier, 50 pounds heavier. And get, get, having given up that bikini competition life. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with competing in a category like that or having, you know, retired from that and, mm-hmm. and gained some weight. I think as long as you feel like you have a very healthy balance, then either it's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's so many of them that look back on that part of their their uh, prep or their their competition, yeah. you know, stages, and they just they realize how unhealthy it was. Yeah, that's not everyone. I think some of them are able to maintain a good balance and moderation mm-hmm. to where they stay healthy, but a lot of them just go too far to that extreme. Yeah, yeah. There's just this there's this misperception that you know, it, in order to be the best, you cannot ever you know break your discipline. And I, I, of course, am always a proponent of discipline, but I think that, I think that to remain disciplined, uh, we need to be able to let ourselves loose every now and then. I think that if we do not allow ourselves the simple pleasures in life (laughs) and instead kind of go into this aesthetic kind of uh, mindset where we are just essentially denying ourselves everything in the name of of some unverified form of, of progress, then, then essentially what, what's going to, what's going to happen is, is we're going to crash and burn eventually. And then that progress, whether or not it was really happening in the first place is just going to be non-existent. Right. And so, you know, I think that something good to keep in mind when, you know, if, especially with, with diets is, um, like when you really start experiencing like negative mental effects and I'm not talking about fucking craving donuts. Like, yeah, I crave donuts all the time. Right. Well, I I crave donuts all the time, but I'm like, Vaughn, you you can't have donuts tonight, (laughs) you know, and and, and that that's okay. But, but sometimes I allow myself to have donuts. Right. Right. And some of the time. Yeah. Some of the time. And, and, and that's, that's just the thing is like, if you're, Doing it to a point where it's really starting to have an effect on your psyche. And I'm not talking about just like, oh, I miss chocolate cake. And I'm talking about like, no, you're legitimately depressed, right? Like you, you feel like there are only like two or three foods that you're allowed to eat. When you're getting to that point, you should probably temporarily adjust for, for some level of comfort. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. There's a, there's a saying I love that I heard a long time ago. It's when you get tired. And in this case, when you get, you know, run down, learn to rest, not to quit. Mm-hmm. And that goes for training, but also diet. And you can take a rest from your intensively strict ongoing diet for a meal at a time or a weekend. Mm-hmm. And the way I, I kind of balance it out is 
you know, off season, which means the time that I'm not, you know, I don't have a competition picked out and I'm just, it's regular life. Um, I'm kind of on an 80, 20 balance, 80 being, you know, 80% being clean food, the 20% being whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and I think that's a healthy balance, you know, maybe 75, 25 for yeah. other people. Um, but I think what most people that I know, even me being in heavily involved in the fitness life and have a lot of people that are, I think the average person I know is 100% whatever food that they want to eat 100% of the time. And that's not healthy, but also 100% of clean food of just pure healthy stuff. Yeah. That's also going to wear down on a lot of people. You know? It is. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless fucking arugula and chicken and brown rice is like your, your fucking favorite food in the world. Um, you know, it, like you were saying, it, 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 it probably will wear down on you if that's all you allow yourself to eat. Yeah. Right. Like I personally, you know, I, I try to be healthy, right. I, I try to eat healthy, um, for the most part, but you know, Sometimes I just say, fuck it, I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's good to sometimes just say, fuck it. Yep. It's healthy to say, fuck it sometimes. It really <laughs> is. And and you wouldn't believe the, the positive effects that having a healthy mind are actually going to have on your body as well. I actually think that some of the people who probably give themselves cheat days or cheat meals, things like that, Mm -hmm. um, perform better in the yeah. gym or, you know, in their competitions than people who are, you know, a hundred percent, you know, discipline, 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 24 seven. I cannot, I cannot get off track. Right. I think that, I think that there's something to be said from having more of a positive approach. Um, People with a more positive approach are are just going to be you know more more successful I think in the, yeah. in the long run. It's going to really come down to uh, kind of you as a person and your personality and and your ethics on how much you can you can handle. I think a lot of professionals are able to do this one hundred percent thing and not you know fall back or become depressed doing it. Well, yeah. But um, you know based on your own personality. You gotta you gotta realize when you gotta take a step back and chill, mm -hmm. and just give yourself a break. Um, but then again, you know I think at either side of the spectrum of one hundred percent, you know, carefree versus one hundred percent strict. I mm -hmm. think you gotta find a balance not on either well, end. You know, even the these professional guys in their off season, they they aren't you know just eating chicken and rice. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see the motivational videos. That's when these guys are prepping for a show. Yeah. And when, when you're prepping for a show, that's different. Like you need to be hundred percent focused, right? But if you're not prepping for a show, why the fuck are you just eating chicken and rice? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe chicken and rice six days a week and then chicken and waffles. the seventh Yeah. Day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Like, yeah, you know, if if you're if you're not actively trying to make a career out of bodybuilding, if you're not actively trying to compete, then for fuck's sake, give yourself some leniency, right? You know, like I see so many people who have no aspiration of really competing who just yeah. deny themselves the pleasure in life like, "Oh, 
you know, it's someone's birthday. Oh, I, I can't. I yeah. can't have that cake. It'll make me fat. It's like, well, you're not really planning on getting up on stage anytime soon, are you? So, like, just eat the fucking cake and work out hard tomorrow. The carbs will help, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand the mentality myself. but Yeah. And you might be a person that's just not, you know, built for that kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. at all. But you still need to find the healthy balance regardless. Agreed. Know? Agreed. And, you know, again, all of this kind of falls down onto the mindset, right? Uh, it's, it's good to be passionate. It's good to be passionate. But it is not good to be obsessed. There mm -hmm. is a difference. There right. is a difference between passion and obsession. Passion is positive. Passion is all about, you know, I'm doing this because I want to, right? Like, I have... I have this strong urge that like, you know, this is, this is who I am and this is what I want to make out of my life. Right. And obsession is more like, I don't want to do this, but I have to, right. It, yeah, it's it's like negative. You've, you've kind of created a trap that you put yourself in yeah. because you just, you are so, you know, um, you're so submersed in this, this lifestyle yeah. that it's almost not up to you anymore. Yeah. That's that's kind of obsession. Mm -hmm. And people who are passionate go into the gym and they're like, I am capable of this. I can do this. I'm killing it. You know, I'm working my ass off and I know I'm going to I know I'm going to do this someday. People who are obsessed go into the gym, I think, and they look at themselves in the mirror, they're like, you're not fucking good enough. You suck. You know, work harder, work harder. You fucking piece of shit. Like you're, you're, you're a pussy or whatever, you know, like, like work harder, work harder. You have to work harder. You have to, I don't care how much it hurts, you know, just like work, 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 work. And no, that's, that's, there's a difference. There is a difference between passion and obsession. You know, I mean, I think that before I really became uh, passionate about, you know, the sport, I, I was more along, I was more along the lines of being obsessed, you know, or it's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good enough, but you know, I, I just have to be better. I have to be better. Um, regardless of whether I want to or not, but you know, with passion, it's like, it's more along the lines of, I know I'm fucking capable of this. I know I'm not necessarily where I want to be, but I know I am going to be, and I'm yeah. going to do everything in my power to get there. And I think obsession has the tendency of burning out yeah. quickly, like we've talked about, and passion just doesn't. Agreed. I think passion, anyone who has a passion, I think that's permanent. I think it's Agreed. part part of their DNA for life. You know, mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Uh, make sure you have that passion. Um, if you don't have that passion yet... Uh, <laughs> That's probably the most important thing to, to work on is, is figuring out what it is Agreed. that's going to be your passion that sticks with you for the rest of your life. And I think Vaughn and I, we, we each have a couple passions, you know, and, and fitness is definitely a big one, mm -hmm. you know. But I think we've been able to determine ourselves from, from passion and obsession. And we've, if we've learned what's good. We've learned what's, what's bright. We've also seen... And learn what's kind of the dark side of this, right. this whole this whole world, and the whole reason circling back now to to even talk about the dark side is not for any negative reason at all. It's actually to be positive, to be bright, because with that awareness for everyone, they get to see the whole truth 
the whole the whole matter and take that knowledge with them into the future and know what to avoid what to always be on the lookout for in themselves and their journeys and everything they're, they're doing for themselves and their body and their lifestyle yeah, that's right yeah i mean just just remember you know not to be taken over by the dark side of, of fitness uh be be aware of the misconceptions the misperceptions out there uh be aware that there's no shortcut there's no magic pill there's no magic syringe that's going to make you you know who you want to be right it's all about hard work it's all about dedication it's all about what your goals are where do you want to go with this right you need to evaluate that you need to really deeply evaluate that especially before you make any um, life-changing decisions regarding this field because they are they they are life-changing and once you make that decision you really can't go back on it uh, so be aware like really um, enlighten yourself as to to what what these you know the the substances in the fitness world really are um, enlighten yourself as into you know the the correct mentality to hold um, you know and make, make sure you're working hard make sure you are going for it with with literally every ounce of your being um, you know if this is if this is what you're passionate about you know uh, but again, it's all about evaluating those goals, evaluating what you want to do with this, where you want to be with this, and essentially choosing what fits you the best. Absolutely. Maybe that's where the word fitness came from, <laughs> after all. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So another thing to keep in mind, um, fitness and successful fitness is not just body but it's mind and body and so we always got to do our best everything in our power to keep them both invincible and growing so with that guys uh, we're going to wrap this one up it's a long one but thanks for sticking with us if you got any value from it um, please spread the word support us any way you can uh, like comment share and uh, we just really appreciate you guys and hope to have you back in the next one we'll talk to you next time later guys Oh,